It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your co-host, James Rapine. Today, James, we've got mail. It's the final mailbag of the 2020 season, the final mailbag of the 2020 calendar year. How excited are you, James? We've got so many questions. We're probably not even going to get to all the ones that I flagged. Mailbag day is the best day. I love answering your questions, and we got to talk about Brandon Allen, but after that, we'll dive into some questions. Yeah, speaking of Brandon Allen, has he secured his job as a backup quarterback for the Bengals in 2020 with that performance against Houston? That's something that not every backup in the league can do. We'll get into it. To start the show, then we're going to get into your questions ranging from the draft to coaching replacements to you name it. You've got questions. We've got answers. And that's the name of the game on the midweek mailbag. That's coming up later in the show. But let's get started by looking at Brandon Allen's performance with the Bengals and whether or not he's earned that backup job for 2021. No matter what way you cut it, James, Brandon Allen was great. He was great in play-action situations. He was great at getting the ball out on time. He was great when they took shots down the field. He was great against a very bad defense in Houston. In fact, PFF said it was the best-graded quarterback game for the Bengals all year of all their starting quarterbacks. That includes Joe Burrow, who obviously was great this year, didn't get the chance to play against a defense like Houston very often. What do you think, James? Has he done enough, or do you need to see more from Brandon Allen to say he's the backup guy for 2021, I'm comfortable with that. We're just not there yet. And it was a great performance by Brandon Allen. The the dime he dropped to T. Higgins, a couple of the deep balls. That being said, I still can't get past, one, the opponent. Two, we've seen great performances before. And how does he follow it up? Into Allen's defense, he did play well, I thought. He played really well against the Dallas Cowboys. And three fumbles is what kind of derailed that game. But I thought he was fine. And certainly really, really good above uh, a backup level talent or, or quarterback, at least on Sunday. And he flashed that arm talent, which I thought is there. So he has the traits. We expect Zach Taylor to be back. We expect Brian Callahan to be back. So I think Allen is the most likely backup for the Bengals in 2021, but I'm not ready to crown him yet. I want to see how he plays against Baltimore. I want to see what happens this offseason. What happens if, uh, and this sounds crazy, but what happens if the uh, a second-round quarterback on the Bengals board falls to the fifth round? Well, th- then maybe you do take him. And I know we haven't even talked about drafting a quarterback, and it sounds kind of silly, but maybe you do that, 
right? And, and the same thing goes for free agency. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe a team sees Allen's film and, and tr- tries to pay him a ton of money this offseason. So I do think he's the favorite. That being said, who knows what, what can happen, and I do want to see what he does on Sunday. There are some people that thought Brandon Allen was a really good quarterback in that draft in 2016, played for Arkansas. I agree with the idea that he hasn't done enough yet. If you look at his career track record, it's more bad than good right now. But his last two games have been more than serviceable for a backup quarterback, in my opinion. You can win with the way Brandon Allen played against those teams from Texas. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe he can only play against Texas teams. But in those games, he completed 76% of his passes for 588 yards, three touchdowns. He took care of the ball. He was efficient. He executed the offense. And that's all you can ask from a backup quarterback. But here's the thing. Those two defenses are dreadful. A much stiffer challenge from Baltimore this week will tell you exactly what kind of guy you've gotten, Brandon Allen, because you can go back to the New York Giants game, go back to the Miami game against some good defenses. He struggled a little bit. Not that the Giants are a great defense, but they're not a bad defense compared to Dallas and Houston. And Miami's defense is pretty solid. So if he can put together another solid game against Baltimore, and it doesn't need to be as good as it was against Dallas or Houston, I would feel a lot better about Brandon Allen going into the offseason. He might be able to do enough to win that job next year. Because all you really need from your backup quarterback is a fighting chance to win when your quarterback goes down for a couple games. If you lose a guy like Burrow to an injury like he had, your season's effectively over in 99% of scenarios. So you're not necessarily looking for that, in my opinion, in a backup quarterback. But if he can be passable, and Baltimore's a big test to be passable, that's really what you want. There's no doubt. And the the thing with it, though, and let's just say he does it. Let's say he throws for four touchdowns, 350 yards, and just shreds the, the Baltimore Ravens. And I get that's unlikely. But let's just say he does that. Is there a scenario where a team offers Brandon Allen... I don't know, two years, 12 million, 6 million per something like that, because he plays well down the stretch. If so, then if I'm the Bengals with a ton of needs and I get it backup quarterback being one of them, I say, okay, how much was this of uh, this success was Brandon Allen? How much of it was Zach Taylor, the guy we hired to call the offense and run the show and Brian Callahan. And, and then you go from there. So I don't think there that he's a must keep by any stretch. I think he's still a replacement level type quarterback, but it would be great, right? It would be great if he plays well Sunday and he feels, you know, comfortable in this system. Obviously he's acclimated with T Higgins acclimated with Tyler Boyd. Maybe AJ green comes back, but feels good in this offense. So that way, if he does have to play next year, these guys know him, right. And these guys have played with him and they feel comfortable with him. So I think that's the ideal scenario, but I also think that there is a, a path, for Brandon Allen to to make more than I'd be willing to pay him, which is crazy to think about. But I think if you go out there and you play really well against the Ravens, there might be a team or two that's willing to spend something on you. Maybe not that much, but something on you. And then if you're the Bengals, you have to ask, hey, is it worth it? Backup quarterback contracts are really interesting, just generally speaking. You got guys like Taysom Hill, $10 million, or Marcus Mariota, whose contract is $8.5 million a year. Nick Foles, obviously very overpaid. He's still at $8 million per year. Tyrod Taylor, five and a half. Ryan Fitzpatrick, five and a half. 
Those are probably seen as the good backups in the NFL. And then you get to guys like A.J. McCarron making $4 million from the Texans. He's making more than Andy Dalton this year. That's insane. Jeff Driscoll, another former Bengal, $2.5 million to back up for the Broncos. So what's Brandon Allen going to be on that spectrum? Uh, probably on the lower end. But it, as you say, James, if he goes out and has a showing against Baltimore, I could definitely see that scenario happening, as unlikely as it may sound where somebody decides, hey, maybe we need to give Brandon Allen a bit of a shake. We'll see what Brandon Allen does on Sunday to try to fight for that job in 2021. Coming up next, we take your questions in the midweek Locked On Bengals mailbag. We're all busy right now. Life is crazy in 2020 as we close the new year, but you're hungry. You want to eat and you want to do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Well, if you want that Chinese, you want that pizza, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting the restaurants in your community safely. And there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash. I use it all the time. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. Support them with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Or you can choose from your national favorites like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. It's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Again, code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's that mailbag time of week, folks. And James, we're starting with a banger. Rohan, Rohan Coley 55, you know this guy, Mm -hmm. 800,000 YouTube subs. You know what he asked you, James? He says, James doesn't lift. <laughs> uh, well, he should. Uh, he he sent me a couple T-shirts the other day promoting his channel, and they both ripped already because I flexed a little bit. So uh, Rohan, ha- thanks for that, man. No, I'm just kidding. He, you want to talk about loyal listeners? He listens to every damn show, and he'll text me afterwards. He's the biggest Bengals fan ever. If you haven't seen his video of him dressing up like Joe Burrow, it's hilarious because he looks nothing like Joe Burrow, and people think he's <laughs> Joe Burrow. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Rohan's my guy. And, uh, by the way, I didn't shout him out, but, uh, check, check him out and, uh, shout out to him for sending me some swag. I did not rip it. It's really good quality stuff. And I, I wear it often. James does lift is the answer to that question. All right, James, a real question. Start with another loyal listener, the Bengalorian who shouts us out pretty much every day on his drives to and from work. Got that torn ACL he's recovering from, just like Joe Burrow. He's still thinking about this season, James. This is our only question. 
about the final week of the season in our mailbag today. <laughs> the Bengalorian would like to know, can this defense turn it up and handle Lamar Jackson in this Ravens offense for the second time this year? I want to answer the question, but just a quick injury update on the Bengalorian. Uh, I, he was spotted flying in a spaceship post-surgery, so that's good. That he, Not just walking or riding the bike. My guy is, is flying in the air. He's ready so for good, zero G. Good for him. Yeah, he's uh, he's recovering quickly. Hopefully he can help Burrow in his path to recovery as well. As far as the, the Bengals' defense containing Lamar Jackson in a Ravens offense that has played better recently, knows they need this game, I think this is sort of make or break time for Luana Rumo and company. Like, I, I think that this is, hey, can you contain Lamar Jackson again like you did in week five? He was clearly banged up. I think he only had three rushing yards. Or is this the game where he goes off? And, and is this the game where Baltimore hangs 40 on you and they kind of show people that they're still one of the teams to beat in the AFC? Because coming into this year, I thought they had the best roster top to bottom in the NFL. And it, it sounds kind of crazy now because the chiefs and how dominant they've been and all this stuff. So, um, to, to answer Bangalorean's question, can they do it? I think they can. I think it would take a letdown from the Ravens to do so. And I'm a Lamar Jackson believer. I have been a Lamar Jackson believer. You sprinkle in Des Bryant, who's suddenly a red zone threat there. Marquise Brown, who, who's playing pretty well. Uh, as of late and obviously that rushing attack. And I think it's going to be pretty tough. So I like, uh, I, I like the Ravens in this game. I like their, their offense against the Bengals defense. And the other thing here is, are we sure the Ravens defense isn't going to have a pick six or a fumble return and stuff like that. So even if the Bengals defense does play well, I think that this could be a, a lopsided game. So I'll, uh, I guess I just made my prediction for Sunday without realizing it, but I like the Ravens offense this week. This is really all the conversation we're going to have about this week's game in this podcast in particular. We'll have a little bit more tomorrow. The last four games for the Ravens, 34-17 over the Cowboys, 47-42 in that crazy game over the Browns, 40-14 over the Jaguars, and 27-13 against the Giants. The Giants by far being the best defense I think they played in that list. I guess there's an argument for the Browns with Miles Garrett on that team, but that's a lot of points they scored in their last four games. The Bengals defense, probably closer to those first three teams. So if you were going to put a range on expected points for the Ravens this week, I would say, honestly, it's between 28 and 40. If, if it doesn't go higher, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, you know, if the Bengals aren't competitive and it's like 27 to three, in the fourth quarter, the Ravens take everybody out and they just get ready for the playoffs. And, and that's a way that the score stays lower. But I think the Bengals are going to have to score points this weekend, the way Lamar Jackson's going lately. They, they've figured things out offensively, I think, in the last four weeks against some bad defenses. Next question is from David Wiesenhan. And he asks, for fun, do each of you like to root for another team other than the Bengals? What is your secondary NFL team? Well, James, I know you don't root for... Well, actually, I wonder, do you root for any NFL team? Uh, for me, I like watching good quarterbacks. I like watching good coaching staff. So I, I love the Chiefs. The, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Seahawks. Arizona's fun to watch, but, but not, you know, not as good as some of those other teams. But for me, it'll, it'll be the Chiefs and the Bills in, in the postseason because both of those teams right now are very good, and I really like the coaches. 
and the quarterbacks in both situations? I'm team TB12, uh, Tom Brady, baby. So wherever he goes, whether it's New England or Tampa Bay or, you know, if he ends up in Vegas next year, it doesn't matter. That, that's that's my guy. So I, I've been rooting for him. I know there's been some ups and downs with the Bucks this year, but uh, they're in the playoffs. And I, I hope he, he makes a run, another run here at 43 years old. Is that the only thing you root for in the NFL? Tom Brady? No, no other teams. It's just Brady. My fantasy team. But yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> my fantasy teams, right? You know, and only won one league this year, which you won a huge league in in our uh, what Bengals Care League. But uh, yeah, I um, only won one league this year. So my fantasy team and, and team TB twelve, those are the two. Fair enough. The life of a uh, of a journalist, right? The the life of a beat writer in the NFL. You don't really get to root for. What what happens if the Bengals play the Bucks next year and Brady's still there? Then I'll just cover them objectively. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, like if Chad Johnson came out of retirement, I'm clearly a huge Chad Johnson fan. I would cover him objectively, but clearly I'd be like, well, it'd be nice to see him do well, even though he's 52. Now he's only like 44, 45. He's close to Tom Brady's age. That's crazy. Every, every now and then James asked me, what if, what if Chad came out of retirement? Do you think he could, do you think he could be better than, than like Mike Thomas or something? I'm like James, he's like, He's 60. No, stop it. Ch- but Chad right now is better than Mike Thomas. Chad, Not on special teams. The wide receiver. Chad, Chad looks right like now. Chad looks like he's in great shape. Uh, I'll give him that. Certainly, I, I think he's he's on that McDonald's diet. It's doing him it's doing him well. Our next question: Ronald Johnson at Boston Jot on Twitter wants to know: Is there anything that shows this could be different? than one of those seasons in the 90s when the Bengals won in December. Somebody else on Reddit, James, I, I don't recall who it was at this point, had to post it. In losing seasons, the Bengals are 14-7 and seven in December in some time frame. That's a crazy stat. And when you think about it, 2017, they win back-to-back games. Marvin saves his job. I think way back to 2001, they won the first two of the season and their last two of the season. I think they finished six and ten. I'm pretty sure that was a one. Like there's always been like these little late surges. Heck, even in 2010, the T.O. Chad show, at the end of it, it was the Carson Jerome Simpson show. And they had a couple wins to end the season. So it, it is uh weird. I, I think they upset the Chargers that year at the end of the year, uh, in December. It, it's it's weird, but it is a common theme. The difference, Ronald. Uh, between the the 90s specifically and even the early 2000s and, and really any of the years uh, where they've won games late in the year and in this year is they have a Joe Burrow coming back. And, and that's the difference. They're winning without. And I gave Zach credit for this earlier this week and he deserves it. Show you can win without. Well, that's something he hasn't done. So they're winning without Joe Burrow, without Tyler Boyd, without all, all these other guys. And you're going to get your franchise quarterback back. So there's there's something there. But other than that, no, there isn't a real difference. But if they if this team learns how to win and the coaching staff develops themselves a little bit, and then all of a sudden they, they walk back into a franchise quarterback next year and he's fully healthy, then you should expect growth. And I think the expectations are going to be high next year, assuming they make the right off uh, offseason moves. I'm very curious to see how Burrow's going to come back from this injury. Like we've said numerous times, there's no reason to think He'll be slow coming back from this thing. He he will lose an offseason, though. He's going to lose another season of OTAs and 
rookie camp he didn't get last year. He's not going to get the OTAs this year. So, you know, you hope that he stays ahead of schedule. Some people think he's ahead of schedule after seeing him walk in that Twitter and Instagram or wherever it was video uh, in his ACL rehab. So if he's ready for training camp, I think that's huge. Getting another training camp at least will will go a long way, I think, in getting him ready to to play live football again. So, yeah, absolutely the difference is Burrow. I think we're going to have to see how he comes back from this injury. A lot of times you see quarterbacks kind of have a bit of a ramp-up period after ACL bad knee injuries. So that is the difference. Will it be different right away in 2021? That's where I'm a little bit afraid of things for Zach Taylor. Like if Burrow needs a couple games to ease back into it and, and they look a little rough to start the 2021 season, things are going to get nasty for, for Bengals fans with Zach Taylor and <laughs> perhaps deservedly so. I don't know. It, it, we'll, we'll see at the time. And that's kind of the theme of the rest of our questions. We're going to have to see on a lot of these things, but everybody, James, is ready to talk about the offseason. We've got one more game to talk about, but all of our questions are about how do we fix this? What do we do with the coaching here? We'll get into those coming up next. It's been a long year, Jake, but we've reached it. The sweet spot for football. You're talking about the college bowl season is here. Whether you're an Ohio State fan, a fan of my Bearcats, or someone else, You can bet and make money on your favorite teams. Maybe you're a fan of TB12 or the Bengals, who are double-digit underdogs at home for the second time in three weeks. There's one place that has you covered, one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Make some money all you got to do is go to betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So make money on the Bearcats, the Buckeyes, maybe the Bengals, and do it with betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling with the mailbag. Nick on Twitter, at NickKirby3, asks... How would you fix the defensive line with Lawson possibly hitting free agency and reader set to return? Is the line salvageable or do we need to hit the reset button there? Got to say though, free agency doesn't look very plentiful with pass rushers. That's the thing about free agency. Those pass rushers are going to be at a premium, even if they are available. And that's why it's the same thing with corner, right? We had another question that we're not going to have time to get into in depth that is asking, you know, what do you do with William Jackson and Carl Lawson? How do you, how do you decide between those two guys? I hope they don't decide between those two guys, because as I've said a number of times lately, if you don't keep either, you're creating a problem for yourself. You're creating an area where you are going to have a deficiency. The defensive line with Carl Lawson being their best pass rusher this year, hasn't been good enough. You let him go. Now what do you have? You have mm-hmm. Sam Hubbard sometimes getting home and, and credit him for a fantastic play 
to win the game in Houston. Absolutely. But he's not consistently rushing the passer. He has been a lot better in the last few weeks, generally. But he's a lot closer to Michael Johnson, the run-defending defensive end, than Carlos Dunlap, who can give you a little bit of both. Carl Lawson this year is giving you a little bit of both. He's your best pass rusher. He's been better against the run. So I personally feel like they can't let Lawson go. They can't let Jackson go because then suddenly you need a corner. And you can't create needs on a defense that's already bad. You have to keep your good players. Otherwise, what are we even doing, right? So that's where we start. But defensive line specifically, Reader, great start, right? Reader, Hubbard, Lawson. That's your core, assuming Lawson is back. That core is not good enough at rushing the passer. I don't think at this point you can count on Gino for 2021, either because he's gone or because he may not be the same player he used to be. So you need a defensive tackle that can rush the passer because they have Josh Dupo coming back. They might have something coming back from Rennell Wren if he's not Rennell Wren, sorry, if he's not ruined by injuries. So interior defensive line, I think a need. Pass rushing depth, I think a need. Khaled Kareem, fine backup to Sam Hubbard. But I think they need some guys that can get after the passer, and I don't think they're going to find them in free agency. So at some point, they will need to address it. But the thing about this is, it just needs to be passable because we need to build this team. The Bengals need to build this team, I should say, around Joe Burrow. That's your star. That's your key. Mm-hmm. So you talk about defensive line. Sure, it is an issue. They could use some talent there, but the focus to me needs to be on the offense. And that means keep Carl Lawson and try to find some guys that can make it work. I would franchise tag him. Simple. Simple to the point. He's got an injury history. It gives you a year in a, uh, a draft class that doesn't have the, the Chase Young, right? You know, if Chase Young's there, then we're having a completely different d- discussion if they were drafting third overall. He's not. And so, yeah, add to your pass rush where you can. But I know what Carl Lawson is. So are you going to pay for something you don't know? It's hard, man. It, it's hard to do and, and, and to nail the, the edge rushers there. So I would do both. I would pay William Jackson the third, probably a long-term deal, and then tag Carl Lawson and see, because the last thing you want to do, and we'll talk about this, but Lou Anarumo, is he coming back or is he not? Regardless, the last thing you want to do for him or whoever replaces him is say, all right, go win with a pass rush that's non-existent. You can't do it in this NFL. It just, it's extre- it's a pass first game. It's really hard to do. And, and that's, that's a problem. So I would keep Carl Lawson. I would keep William Jackson the third and uh, find a way to do both. And either way, you still have to add to the, to the pass rush. And if you, you don't keep Lawson, then boy, oh boy, I don't know how you're going to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks in a division, by the way, that has some pretty good, you know, the reigning MVP, number one pick in Baker Mayfield, who's playing better. And then obviously Ben Roethlisberger. I know he looked bad the other night, but he's still playing really well overall when you look at his numbers this season. Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire. I'm not worried about him. Uh, The the thing about pass rushing, the last point I want to make here is it's not just one guy. You saw what happens when you only have one guy with the Texans. The Texans couldn't get pressure. They had J.J. Watt. Yeah, he was beating Bobby Hart on occasion. But that's not enough. And so it's really become increasingly, and we've said this before on this podcast, a a unit thing. You need guys that can clean up other people's pressure. There were a number of times against the Texans when Carl Lawson got in there. He got Watson off his spot. But the tackles, you know, there, there wasn't really any penetration there. So he was able to step up, find a lane. And so it really is 
a group effort, but if you lose Lawson, you lose a significant part of that group. Let's go to Luke Shadewalker's question. Do you think he's a Jedi? Some some distant relation to Luke Skywalker? <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> that is a fact. Luke the Duke 53 on Twitter wants to know about Samaji Piran and Gio Bernard. How do we incorporate their really good production from recent weeks effectively with Joe Mixon back next year to ensure the run game doesn't dip in productivity? Oh, isn't that the thing? I, I got asked earlier today, hey, man, how do you feel about that Joe Mixon contract? And I, I don't know anyone that feels good about it besides maybe Joe Mixon and his agent, right? Because how can you? It, it's it's rough. He's starting to entering in, into the first year of that four-year, $48 million deal. And Giovanni Bernard's been fine. Samaj so P. Ryan flashed. And Jake, I got to give you credit. You weren't crazy about the deal at the time. I said that Zach Taylor, I understood the deal, that Zach Taylor would kind of determine whether or not this was a successful contract. Well, even before the injury, it wasn't successful. Even before the injury, he wasn't this game wrecker, game changer like Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry. And maybe he just isn't that. Right. I think we've we've waited for Mixon to become that and evolve into that because we saw the potential that he had coming out of Oklahoma. Maybe he isn't that. And I think 2021 is going to be a big year for him to prove himself. Is he just a really good or is he just good or is he great? And, and I think next year is a, a huge year and why you don't bring him back. And uh, he has a lot to prove for sure going into next season. Yeah, you hope he's healthy. But the question of how do you ensure they don't lose a productivity? Well, I, I think that they can continue to, to use Geo, and they're going to have to eat the perception that, oh, yeah, we paid Mixon all this money, but Geo's still getting snaps. He should still be getting, you know, five, more than five, probably like eight to 10 touches a game. Just, just let him touch the ball. Samaje so Piran has really resurrected his career. I mean, he was great against Houston, right? You, you could do worse than him for your third running back. And Travion Williams is even showing something, right? When he's getting opportunities, he's running hard. He's making some guys miss. He's dragging piles. So you feel really good about the running back depth. What does that mean for Joe Mixon's big contract? Well, you hope that he can do some of the things these guys are doing for you because you paid him all that money. You, you just you just have to hope it. You have to hope he stays healthy. You have to hope that he you know, can, can do some Dalvin Cook stuff for you because that was a comparison last offseason, right? It's... You know, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Well, Dalvin mm -hmm. Cook's had a hell of a year. It hasn't mattered for Minnesota, which tells you about running back value a little bit when you don't have a quarterback. But, you know, you, you need him to do more of that stuff and, and figure it out in the past game. It doesn't sound like they really trust him in the past game. So it's not really just on the coaches, I think, in that regard, in terms of passing in the football. So a lot on Joe Mixon's plate to make sure that the next year is still successful. Our final question of today's mailbag at Tim T Schneider on Twitter asks, what are your thoughts on why our offensive line seemed to improve in the second half of the last two seasons? Well, they're making adjustments. They're making mid-season adjustments. They're figuring out, oh, these guys aren't very good. We, we can't do the things that we necessarily were trying to do early in the season because they can't block them. And they're discovering some of these players' strengths this year. I think a little, well, actually both years, I guess you can make some excuses for them if you want, you know, they, they got there late last year, but they did have a full off season this year. They didn't have an off season. They didn't really get to evaluate these guys. They've, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but 
I, I think that they're just discovering what these guys are capable of, especially in the run game. They started playing more to their strengths in the run game a little bit. And in the past game, they're getting the ball out quicker. They're doing a lot more to hide this offensive line, really since the Baltimore game. They're, they're doing more screen game. They're doing more quick passing. Even the downfield stuff, you go back and watch against Houston. A lot of that downfield stuff balls out two seconds after the snap. Ball's coming out early. They're anticipation throws. The couple double moves they ran, the T. Higgins, you know, the, the slot fade, they go max protect on those play action shots. And they were great, by the way, on play action. That's something that we didn't get to talk about in the Brandon Allen thing earlier. He was fantastic on play action against the Texans. And that was really good to see. That's, that's an encouraging piece for him is that he's thriving in those play action systems where you can manufacture some things for your quarterback. But I don't think the offensive line is better. This is the thing. This is a challenging thing. They're, they're being hidden better. They're being schemed for better. I, I think the coaching staff is doing a better job given the limitation. But don't make any mistake that they are not a limitation. They are changing the way this offense works because they can't do everything they want to do. They're the worst unit on the team, and that hasn't changed. And you're right. Everything the Bengals do on offense begins and ends with how do we make life easier on our offensive line? <laughs> and Burrow hit a lot of those things, right? He was he was doing it just by being Burrow. And the moment that it wasn't Burrow, it was like, oh, boy, well, we got to change some things. And, yeah, Quentin Spain's in there and Xavier Suofilo and the continuity matters. But you're talking about, and I like those guys, backups. Like Bobby Hart is an NFL tackle. He's a backup NFL tackle. Fred Johnson is probably an NFL tackle. Backup NFL tackle. Quentin Spain. Look, he's versatile. I think he gave him a shot in the arm. I was the one who wrote, go get him. And they got him. And it was smart to do at the time. But at, at the end of the day, is he closer to a backup or an above average starter? He's closer to a backup. And he can be a starter on a line that has quality pieces around him. But you don't. The same goes for Xavier Suofilo. And that's the thing. So are they better? No. They're doing a better job of hiding them from a scheme standpoint because their quarterback can no longer do that, right? Their quarterback isn't capable of, of hiding the flaw, but it's a huge flaw. And, and Jake, when we talk about the draft and it's anything other than offensive line, people are like, go get the offensive line. And, and they're right. They need to get the offensive line. But a successful season for me, and we have plenty of time to talk, talk about this, any, any franchise can say this is our biggest weakness we're going to address it my expectations for the Bengals this offseason the bare minimum is getting the offensive line and making that no longer a weakness maybe it's not a strength but it, it cannot be a weakness in 2021 that's the bare minimum but expectations are much much higher and we can continue to talk about that uh as we as we move forward but uh yeah the offensive line they're not better they're scheming around them more and it, it's helping and the continuity has helped some but they're, they're still a, a, a mash unit of veterans and backups. Yeah, that's a good summary, I think. I mean, they're just not consistent enough. That's really one of the bigger issues. Like every now and then you'll see some flash plays from these guys. But the thing about offensive line is your consistency is paramount. And the other thing that's important to notice is the quality of competition matters. It matters a lot. They weren't asked to do a whole lot against the Steelers. But They'll have a tough task this week. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more about some of these guys that are looking for jobs in 2021. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Plenty of time next week to talk about some more of these offseason questions, especially when we have a finalized draft order and have a better idea about what coaches are here to stay. Tomorrow we're back with the crossover episode as we preview week 17, the last game of the 2020 regular season. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.